0: and welcome back to what the Folk podcast finally a win and we have something to talk about which is good um sunland and the mighty job bellingham or just job if you prefer disposed of rotherham united to pick up a much needed three points with a 2-1 win at the stadium light and as always we're going to be here to go over the main talking points from the game and i'm joined by two regular voices but um,
1: first up is ross black making your debut for the new season how are you mate you're right yeah i'm good i feel like the conspiracy theory that Brad started that I own, and Dave started that I only come for the games we win. I'm not helping here, am I? Jumping straight on the first win, you know, jumping on the bandwagon. But yeah, really good. Had a good day yesterday. It was nice to have a three o'clock warm kickoff. Get back in the routine, you know, like pints before, a few pints after. Seeing everybody who comes to the games who aren't on hold of this time after the switched switch game. And yeah, it was after the... <laughs> if we just forget everything uh, before the Rotherham goal, I thought yesterday was good.
0: Yeah, I agree with that. I'll dig more into it. But you're right, it was nice yesterday. Three o'clock kick off, like, a bit easier for me because it means I can just get a decent time train down in the morning, decent time train back. But, of course, both my trains there to the match yesterday from Glasgow and back were cancelled. So thanks very much to Lumo, Trainline, LNER and all those useless train people. Um, But I do hope you get a rise power to the workers. Dave, um, how are you doing? You all right, mate? You good? Yeah, very well. Thanks,
2: mate. Just... uh... Yeah, enjoying the sunshine, got a coffee, chat with you guys. Seems like Sunday is pretty good, does it?
0: Yeah, World Cup final coming up as well. Good luck to the Lionesses, of course. By the time you're listening to this, well, you'll probably know the results, but um, massive good luck to them. It's a World Cup final at the end of the day, and I'm absolutely buzzing about, this, about that as well, sorry. So, yep, great Sunday. But in terms of Sunderland, I'll come to you first, Ross. Obviously, I think... Um, you know, win was massive. I think I said last week that we were sad and we worried about everything. And I said, I am in some ways, but it's mad what a win in three points can do to change your mood. And and we did win. And like I said, that might change our outlook and stuff. So we're speaking the morning after, five past nine. Um, How did you feel about the match?
1: Yeah, so I alluded to it before. I felt like we were very slow starting. We were very nervous. We were, we were a bit tentative in the way we played. We were we were so scared of losing the ball that we then put ourselves under pressure by not moving it quick enough at the back. And I think, in a way, I think that helped Rotherham get into the game. Um, They scored, and I think it just set something in us that, like, however, we've got to have a go here. And I think it was massive that we scored straight away to equalise, because it kept the crowd on side. um, And then second half was like watching Sutherland last season. Passing the ball quickly, moving it, Try Hume staying as a right-back and certain as a left-back overlap and underlaps with the wingers. Um, Daniel and Equat taking turns to drive forward, not having someone just sitting of the halfway line every time. And I thought Bradley Dak was seeing him in the number 10 role for the first time. And he shoot, like, look at the assist for the goal. That's real. He's so calm. Because you look at it in the ground, it looks so easy just to pass back. You know, everyone could see it. But then when you watch the highlights, he was so composed and you just knew where Job was straight away. But yeah, I think overall, I think there's still glaringly obvious gaps, which everyone, we've, we've talked about it to death, centre midfielder, another winger, another striker, like everyone knows, The club know, it's, I think it's pretty obvious that the club know that, know that as well now. And we, it's obvious that some people are going to leave. And to me, if they're going to leave... They need to leave now because there's no point waiting until the last day of the window. If they're going to go, go now so then we can rebuild and reinvest. Because as much as I thought Pritchard and Gooch were okay when they came on, they didn't set the world light, there was something that happened at half-time where Pritchard and Gooch went on their own on the subs bench on on the other side of the field and the other subs were in the other group with the coach. And I just felt like that's a division we do not want in the dressing room after doing so well to create a what looks like a great environment for people to come in and play football. And Aye. I don't I know I went off a bit of a tangent there, but I think they're both have all been great players for us, but it seems pretty obvious now the minds are set on either the players' choice or the club's choice that they're gonna leave. And if they're gonna leave they need to have it needs to happen now so then we can get in replacements and get the squad settled. Yeah, I thought, you know, there
0: was, there was singing for Danny Barton that yesterday when we conceded and even singing for him after we scored in that. And I would rather, from a footballing perspective and what they've done for the, the club, I'd much rather Danny Barton and Pritchard stay. And I'm very worried about um how naive it could make us with lack like, of experience. But I also, on the flip side, to give it like devil's advocate and balance, if they're going to leave, we just need to get on with it now. Like, I don't really think singing for Danny Bart was necessarily a positive because O9 o- was really good yesterday. And I've said I don't like him in a four. I don't. Um I don't think he's a long-term answer in a four. I think he's a long-term answer maybe in a three. Um but like the likes of Dan Ballard and that and and whatnot, it can't be that nice for them here like the another centre half's name being sang when it was realistically their first error. We weren't great in the first 20 minutes. Um I agree with everything you said before so I, I won't go over it. But I thought after that we played really well and I thought defensively I thought uh, Trey I thought I thought Dennis Serkan was I thought he was outstanding yesterday. Um, I know Job's going to get the headlines and we'll come on to which players have impressed us in a bit but I've just got to say I thought Dennis Serkan was unbelievable yesterday Um, and I thought O'Neill and I thought Ballard were good but I think I agree like the players that are going to go it's just we're gonna actually get on with it. I would rather see what team we're gonna have for the rest of the, the game. But but Dave ultimately looked like that maybe sounds like a little bit of a negative. And I think ultimately yesterday felt very positive. Um what were your thoughts on the game?
2: I'm probably on the side of even though we won, even though there was a bit more intensity, still wasn't that impressed. I think you've got to remember who we've beaten. Um I don't think Rotherham are gonna do very well this season. Uh and I think we can see why, but they still managed to cause us trouble. Um, where Luke is for for their goal, I'm not quite sure. He's not even on screen when when you're watching the screen. Of course, he's covering someone else's mistake, but that's a discipline thing. And if he was, if he was 18, 19 year old, you can't just pull him to one side and go, "Yeah, that's don't do that, don't get involved in shit like that. It's not your job." Um, club captain and. Oh, well, team captain, sorry, and and kinda getting involved a bit silly. But we did we did improve for that and there definitely was a period yesterday, exactly like Ross said, where we were much more intense, much more together as a team. And and that impressed me a lot. Um I thought obviously Bellingham will get the headlines. I thought he's uh, his second goal in particular. The composure was fantastic, which is really nice to see. Um it's been a it's been a tough week mentally on Twitter, listening to both sides of the story. Uh, I think I can't remember. Who it, it might have been Ross in the group chat. There's just no middle ground with Sunderland fans. <laughs> it's literally either all in or all out, and there's there's, there's nothing. Or certainly the people that we follow, thousands, thousand people follow me. So if I've got eight hundred people on there with an opinion on football, I'd say it goes four hundred each way. It's like
0: the thing is, though. Well, it's like it's, it. That's just I think that's sometimes you, you kind of really home in on your own, your own fan base and you feel like you the way your fan base reacts is completely different to everyone else's but I think football fans are just reactionary I am like last week I was like saying to people oh man I, I'm worried that we could get in a relegation battle here two weeks previous I was like oh, I'll take a second and put it on a recorded podcast <laughs> or fourth or something and now I'm going oh it's all right isn't it? it's fine like I think I think you're just so reactive to stuff sometimes, like, what's that thing? There's always a tweet. You could probably always find a tweet for me of contradicting myself. Um, <laughs> And you take a risk every week, don't you, with a review show? But um, it's not been a nice week on Twitter, but I think it feels like everyone still... What I quite liked yesterday, coming back from the game, everyone was happy. And obviously I have, like, yeah. the three, four hours, as it was five hours yesterday, getting back from the game. And obviously I go down with the, the lads and... I, the last set and whatnot for the game and you get a chat and everyone was happy that would won, And everyone thought from like minute 20 onwards, it was a good performance, but I think everyone still sees what's missing, like Ross said. And I think, I think the good thing is we'll we'll probably fix it, but I want to stay on the positive here for the moment. And one of the the big positives yesterday, Ross was um, the better of the Bellingham brothers scoring twice. Um, i got to be honest, I thought, Joe, maybe... what well, I didn't think he was great last week. I thought he was good against Ipswich, and I thought, you know, naturally, a 17-year-old kid, I'm not going to expect him to be amazing straight away. I thought he was really good yesterday, and I was like, oh, hang on a minute. Actually, I think we might have done Birmingham over a little bit here because he looked really good, didn't
1: he? Yeah, he looked really good. And he, he was out of position as well, remember that. He got put further up field, Um which is a different story I ought to give. We'll talk about that. I'm sure we'll go it all down. But individually, as a performance, for a 17 year old kid to play like that with a maturity and the, the, they're just, I think he, what's really good about him is he's got a footballing brain. You can tell that. He, he was a step ahead of a lot of the Rotherham defence yesterday, like getting in front, the little fl- flicks. But also, it just, when he loses the ball, he's determination to go and get it back. Something like he lost the ball in a 50-50, then he just sprinted like 10 yards, and he slide tackled and got it back, and I thought that was brilliant. But his composure for the goals, we scored a header with a team full of midgets. He's one of our giants. um. And to be fair, he's probably going to get even taller 17. Sure, he grew at like 21. So he could be about 7 foot by the time he, he, he finishes growing. But he, he he looked really, he looked class. And the, the finish, the second one, was brilliant like to get it in the corner like that. And I just feel like he just looked at a player where if, if somebody from the academy had came through, a 17-year-old, and played like that for Sunland, we'd all be saying, oh my God, we've got one of the best young talents in the country here. And to be fair, that's been something that's been put towards Speakman a lot this week. I've seen that. Yeah, look, he, every, we're getting rid of Pritchard and he's brought in, he's, uh, he's brought in his mate's son, because he knows the Bellingham family. And I thought that's been quite unfair. And there's a reason why so, so many clubs were after Job. There's a reason why he plays for England's under-20s, at year old. The same with Rig. They are really talented players. And that's why they're the, the coming to Scotland. Because we can let these kids develop and showcase their talents here. And that's the good side of the model. And it's brilliant to see a, a talent like that after three games to me really step up and look like a leader yesterday from the front
0: yeah you know what I I think someone said that yesterday it's funny you said that it said um if Chris Rigg puts in that performance you're going oh my God we've got the best midfielder slash number 10 in the country like young number 10 in the country um what I liked about him yesterday and I think it's just things you just pick up when you're watching the game O9 oh, like ushered the ball out a bit and, and was really strong and like I think it was in the last sort of 15 minutes. And like he proper like clapped him like bowley esque <laughs> like well done son well do world. and I'm like you're twelve year old like you sh- you shouldn't know to do that like you should just be like in that and I thought his interview was was great um and look I'm not expecting two goals from him every weekend for him to put on a performance as good as that he, that's never gonna happen I don't think his brother did that and his brother is a world class player um already at the age of nineteen twenty but I said if we get a player that's 25% of his brother's talent we've got one of the best midfielders in the Championship because his brother's so good and there's a lot of good stuff I've seen about him and I don't want to get too hyped off like one game because he wasn't that great down at Preston. I thought he was good against Ipswich but I do think it's becoming quite clear that he's been the best one we've brought in uh, this summer but but I'm going to hand this one over to you Dave as well. Uh, Job, he was really good yesterday and I'm trying to not hype him up too much because I'm aware 17-year-old will fluctuate in form but he was good yesterday, wasn't he, Dave?
2: Yeah, very good. Um, stepping up to a player that he really shouldn't be having to step up to and and kind of take upon himself. Uh, he's big, he's strong, he's powerful. You can see that already. Although he has got some filling out to do, I, I think he would become a more powerful runner as he gets a, uh, as he gets a little bit of um, fills out a little bit, um. I think once we get, and it was quite, I'm sure it's something you'll come on to, but I was quite impressed by, impressed, wrong word, but I was enthusiastic about Morbury's comments yesterday about the centre-forward coming in. um, as, uh, Essentially, someone who's going to be uh, a proper out-and-out forward, someone who can run in behind, someone who can hold the ball, which I think then just enhances Job even more. I, th- I think if, if he's got someone up there to do that and take the physicality aspect of holding the ball up, and Job did it once in the first half yesterday, I was like, oh, we've clicked on. If we put the ball into Job's feet, he can actually like knock it off and spin, or he can turn it around the corner. And it's, again, that's a level of maturity and, and a good spot from Mowbray. Obviously, something they've been working on. Sure, it's something he doesn't want to have to work on a 17 year old. Becoming a utility man and uh, carrying the team from an attacking perspective. But yeah, uh, all of his qualities are there to see. It's it seems really clear why Birmingham, one, didn't want to lose him, and two, why we were chasing him so hard. Uh, that's two out of three good games he's had. And and if we get the if we get to that by the end of the season of of playing kind of Forty-six games, and he's had thirty-eight good games, and and eight not so good. Then we've done all right. I mean, that's a crazy statistic. To be fair, if we go if we go half and half, if we go one and
1: one and two good games, we're doing all right. Really, it's worth pointing out there that you mentioned you did really well holding the ball up. That Mowbray and Speakman have both came out and said that they're unsure where Job's actual position is. So it, it it is crazy to say this, but he's not going to be an out and out number nine. But could he become like a, a, a like a second striker if we went two up top? Because I think he's See, definitely got all the capabilities to do that, hasn't he? I think the lad can become anything
0: he wants, Roscoe. That's what I think. Dream big. <laughs> I think. Yeah, I, I was really impressed by him yesterday. Like, and I'm trying my best not to like hype him up too much because it's just two one particularly good game and two good games in three. Um. But it, it just his maturity, his size, his ability, his, his maturity to finish the second ones. Like, how many 16, 17-year-olds put that over the bar because they get excited? And you go, ah, well, you know, 17, it's all right. And he took it, like, I don't know, like a prime centre-forward, being like, I'm putting this in the bottom corner. He knew exactly what he was doing before he hit the ball. um. But it, it's pretty clear we thought Job was really good yesterday. um. But Ross... There was a lot of impressive performances, I thought, from 20 minute onwards and some even the full 90. I pinpointed uh, Dennis Serkin. I thought he was really, really, really good. I, like, I've got to be honest and say I wasn't too sure on him in League One. I thought he was a bit weak and yada yada. Completely wrong. Delighted to be wrong. I'm wrong often and I don't mind when I'm wrong and it benefits Sunderland. But I just thought he was great yesterday, I think. Sometimes he comes up against wingers and players that are obviously much bigger than him. And he just never gives in. He uses all the strength he has. And I just think he's one of the best young left backs in the country. I think Dennis Curtain's excellent. He's always in the wars. Probably why he's injured every like sort of six weeks. But I thought he was terrific yesterday. But he wasn't the only one that was, was good players yesterday. And I I agree with what uh, Dave was saying. Like I don't think one of them are great. I think they'll be bottom five this year. I don't know if they'll go down and see the teams first. I know I tipped them, but I think they'll be bottom five, and I think Rotherham would be quite happy if they are fifth bottom, put it that way. Like their, their ambitions are probably slightly different to what ours are. But I think we did play well yesterday, but I wanted to pinpoint Serkin, but he, he wasn't the only one. Who stood
1: out for you? Um quite a few. Second half. I thought um the midfield trio of Dak, Neil, and Equa really started to influence the game. Um became less Rigid. So the first half, it was pretty clear to say that we we're sticking with Equa being the CDM and then Neil, evidently a lot further forward. But I think second half, Mowbray gave up on this experiment of Trey Hume becoming the centre midfielder on the ball, which made Hume and the team look much better. And it meant Equa and Neil got closer to each other and they, did, they were passing it off each other. Like, look how high up Equa was to win the ball for the goal. Like, that's what he's good at. He presses high, and it, it, I just thought the trio of them three really impressed me second half. Um, Neil, I'm one of Neil's biggest critics, and I think we're playing him further up the field. I can see the benefits to it, but then I think for the team with Equal there, he would be bet he's better off a bit deeper, which I think he did in part second half. But he, you look at his stats; he's done really well so far this season, and he's if he can add assists and goals to his game, then. You know what I mean? That's a massive part of being a number a number eight essentially centre midfielder where you come where you can do the defensive work and the attacking work. And then a shout out to Bradley Duck. I think um the slow start didn't help me. I think Mowbray got it wrong, pulling him up front. He's not a striker. You know what I mean? Like he's not a striker. And then he got played on the, the the right I think or left when Roberts went off, he moved over the left a bit, then Pritchard moved over and it was it was all a bit messy. But I think the main thing is that when he's in the number 10 position and he's with there with a forward in like in the box or around the area, if he's got someone like Job or a number nine to pass to, he can be the glue and he can just make it simple because he showed his composure and I think at times you can tell, like I think he's still not fit, but when he gets fully up to scratch, I think you can tell there's a, there's a real player in there for this level.
0: Yeah, I wanted to ask about Bradley Dack because I agree with the other players you mentioned before. Ekwa was great, but I always think it was great. Like another player that I was completely wrong on, uh, which is great. Like I, I really like being wrong. It's great, and um, if it benefits someone, fantastic. Dave, it's split opinion a bit yesterday. Bradley Dax. Some people online said they thought he was awful. Some some people thought he was great. I thought he had a really good game yesterday. I thought we're touching it before his composure for the. that the the assist for the second goal was great. I think he picks Joe up brilliantly. I think a lot of people go at it themselves and don't see the pass, which is obviously the better move. I don't think he was helped by the first 20 minutes played as a striker, but he's not a striker. That's not his fault. I agree with Ross. He doesn't look 100% fit, but I think there was a lot in Bradley Dax's game yesterday that is going to show us why he's going to be more of a benefit than a negative this season, Dave. But do you agree with that, or, or something, or do you feel a bit different? Do you hate Bradley Dak, Is what I'm asking. <laughs> Certainly don't hate him. I, I think there's clearly a a football player there
2: that he's been around the championship for what probably eight, ten years, something like that. Without looking back and on, uh, on good old Wikipedia, um, he's he's one of. I just think he's Alex Pritchard, Mark II. To be fair, I think he's a little bit stronger. I think he's a little bit,
0: uh, yeah. I,
2: I just, I have no problem with him. I, I,
0: he looks like Chris Maguire with long hair. <laughs> yeah, fair. Bit better, bit better, I think, though.
2: <laughs> yeah, I, I think that's. I think that's all it was doing. He obviously gives the experience as well. I think if. If Dak had been at the club for a couple of years and his contract was running down, and Pritchard was on a free transfer, I think the exact same situation happens in reverse. Um, he's clearly not fit enough. He's, he's nowhere near match fit. Uh, is that Mowbray getting onto the board of saying, "Get me a centre forward, please"? Who knows? But someone like a uh, Pierre-Equarre, uh, a um, uh, Dan Neal, a uh, Job, they're gonna learn from Bradley Dak. And and that's a good thing, and that's the whole reason that he's there. Um and of course he can still contribute something to a game. We can see his his thought process, his touch on the ball, it's very good. And it'll come with fitness. It's uh let's hope in, in ten ten games time he's he's up. He's he's familiarised himself with the uh with the with the culture and the the city and stuff like that. He's done his shopping in the bridges with Olivia and, and hopefully he cracks on.
0: I think um Look, and it it might not happen because you don't know what's going to happen in the transfer window, but I would hope that Ross is going to be here at least January and we will see him again before that. And I think there is parts when I'm looking at Bradley Dak and I'm like, can he do the same as what Pritchard did with Stewart? Because Pritchard will always play better with Stewart. I I really like Pritchard. I'd like Pritchard to stay. Like, I'll I'll openly admit that, but I just feel there's no point in discussing it because he's quite clearly not going to stay for whatever reason it is. And, And Dak is the replacement, but... I think when Stewart comes back, or you know another striker that maybe can run the channels in a similar way to Ross Stewart, I think I think you'll really see um, the best of Bradley Dak when he he gets fitter. But I don't think he was amazing yesterday. But I definitely think there's you could see what he's going to bring when he gets fitter and when he he gets something in front of him that he can hit. Like as soon as Bellingham became like almost someone who could hold the ball up top, you could see he just was he he instantly his whole game changed. When he was a forward, he looked lost, and that's not his fault. He's not a center forward. Um, but talking of center forwards, Ross, uh first 20 minutes I thought we looked like we had nothing to hit. Like, and it was like, Oh god, here we go again. And then Rotherham score, we equalize straight away, and things change a bit, confidence changes and whatnot. But the first 20 minutes, we did look a little bit like we were passing it four yards across the back because it was now to hit. And all of our players were like in our own half because no one knew who was up front because it wasn't a centre forward. But Mowbray's comments, like Dave said, he knows the striker coming in. You, you haven't heard him be that positive for weeks. It appears it's going to be Jay Stansfield, unless I've read it wrong and Jay Stansfield's someone we're really interested in. And there's another one coming in, but I think it might be the latter, but I think Stansfield may be one of them. Nine goals, seven assists in 36 games last year for Exeter, 20 years old. Um,
1: good move. I think he's very, you look his stats. I think he's seen it on Twitter. Um, I should have probably fact checked this, but I'm sure his minutes to goal ratio is very similar to Broadhead in League One at Sunland, and he plays very similar to Broadhead where he can play up top, through the middle, as a number nine, or he can drift in from the left. He can play in a two, so he's wanted by a lot of championship clubs, which is a good sign. Then again, so is, so is Gellhardt, but I'm just going to erase that one from my memory. But I think, like, it, it seems that way, that it is him. But then, the way Mowbray was talking about the striker, it he wasn't really... Explain the way you said it was like an out and out number nine who can hold it up, can get him behind. I don't think the holder playing that is really Stansfield's game from what I've seen. So is Stansfield another?
0: I think it's another. Like the way I read it, I was like, he was talking about a striker, and then I asked about Stansfield, and he seemed to be like, he seemed to almost be like, oh yeah, we're in for that one. As well, I could be completely wrong. I, I know nothing about who we're, we're bringing in in terms of the, the center forwards, but it did sound to me like Stansfield was an extra option, um, as opposed to someone else coming in that would maybe be a bit more of a maybe an experienced player in the mold of um, Hamir a little
1: bit. Or well, I think to me, yeah, I feel like he would be like this. Uh, I think we need two strikers in, that's obvious, but I think if we get. Stansfield in, he could be the second striker, you know, like the broadhead was to Stewart. So if we're wanting a number nine, and he's a, to me, he was explaining Keith Amour, which would be a brilliant signing. And oh, I, I, this is, is just a total work. guesswork, by the way. Oh, yes, him, might something like that. But I think he would be a great focal point for the way we play, and he's someone who is clearly not getting a game at Bournemouth. So it, it I just, I just feel like we're going to be it's going to come out of nowhere, this signing. And one thing I will say about the club is they keep their actual signings, majority from the British clubs, under wraps until it's about to happen. So it, it seems like it's going I think we'll get one in. I think Mowbray was even seen be up here today. So yeah. hopefully sooner rather than later. But we're definitely active. I think, we, I think the pennies drop that we need at least three, four players. You've also got, um, I don't know a great deal
0: about him, but I know you know a bit more. Um Run Runraksaki, I think he's called, um, from Palace. I know nothing about him, I've got to be honest. Um, but from what I've read just before the pod, there was, I understand, people from Palace at our game yesterday to see if we're like a suitable club for him. Um, Leicester have been looking at him, he was on loan at Charlton last year and scored a ridiculous amount of goals. In the Diallo mould, kind of player, the way that he plays, from what I can see, and I've only seen a little bit, um, and seen as a long-term replacement for for Zaha, um, looks like he might be
1: coming in. Hopefully, uh, you know a bit more about him, Ross. Good signing. Yeah. Oh yeah, be fantastic. I think any club in the championship, he would make an impact in. I think you look at the reaction to Charlton fans, and the Charlton fans were saying that. He's probably the best player they've had there for over a decade at League One level. He scored fourteen goals in a team that finished mid-table from the wing. Um, he's so skillful. He's quick. I see a very Ahmad Ahmad like, but I think I think he's a bit more direct. So you'll get he's, a, he's like a bit more like Roberts or Clark, where they're straight at the byline or runner people. Um, whereas I think Ahmad was a bit more skillful. But, but to be fair, this lads, like I say, I've, I've only watched them a few times, but when I have watched them, I've been impressed. And the fact that Palace, let to believe, had people at the game yesterday watching us to see if it would be a suitable suitable party is, um, it sounds promising, but I think, like you say, a lot of clubs in the Championship will be after them. And it might also come down to their own fee because that's how football works now. You've got to pay to get players on loan.
0: Yeah, true. Um, I think we've got quite lucky with Diallo where we didn't have to pay that much for his wages last year, but that's a few and far between. But um, I think, you you know what feels a bit more positive. We can all see what we need. I still think we need a defensive midfielder in there, but fingers crossed we get what we need because we're only two or three players away from being a really good side that can cause a lot of teams a lot of damage. Um, But the parts that we need are are absolutely vital. They're not parts that you can just kind of cobble together and hope it works out, but but Dave we had a couple of list of questions. I like doing this last week. I thought it was fun. I had a lot of in-jokes, which I'm not going to bother with because that would just be ridiculous. But um <laughs> looking at you, Dave McCluskey. Um one particularly good one from Chris Swinton. It looks like uh jewison gone out on loan. I think he's desperate for it. Um, he needs minutes and he needs to start adapting to this league, and he's not gonna get the minutes here. It looks like. But do you see anyone else going out on loan or do you think there's any of the players that should go out on loan from the squad um, to basically improve their chances of getting an hour first team?
2: Yeah, I, I think anyone who's going to be inactive for the season just should, it, it's got to be better playing more competitively than, say, you know, with the reserves or the, or the under-21s. Um, yeah, I, th- I think I think Dewey he he needs something. He needs to play week in, week out, and just see see how he gets on. A couple of goals will give the lad confidence, even if it was only a loan move until January. You know, because it'll get a bit too cold from by then. Costa Rica is a bit warmer, so get him back, get him under one of the sub uh, suits, and and hopefully he can make a bit more of an impact. Because I think everyone sees it. There's there's a raw raw talent there. He just needs maybe to to deal with the physicality, find his best position, perhaps even. Um, and I'm sure if a couple of our loan signings come off, then I'm sure uh, I'm sure he'll be out on loan and and hopefully getting some regular playing time. Um, other than that, I, I think I think it is going to be kind of a a revolving door, isn't it? The more that we get in, the the more that we'll go out. We have got to look after ourselves first and foremost, and quite nice that the piss taken and party's over and, and we actually do that nowadays instead of instead of just going, Oh go on, we'll get we'll I'm sure we'll get someone in the next couple of days, transfer window slam shut and all of a sudden we've left ourselves short. Um who would think the football club could be run like that? Only Sullivan. Uh yeah. They, they'll definitely it's exciting. It, it's a bit more positive this week, exactly like you say, win in a in a weirdly must win game. Um and then intriguing for all of us fans to see who comes in, who goes out and see if we can push on a little bit.
0: Yeah. And I, and I do think the next two weeks, which we're going to come on to before we finish are obviously really big Um, in terms of the tough games, like Coventry way is hard. Southampton at home is really hard, I think. Um, But we can get points out of it. But I just, I don't want to see, I don't want it to see us take 20 minutes to get into gear because we haven't got the kind of, things we need and I don't want to be negative on a game when we've won far from it but we need a striker it looks like one's coming which is good and we need a little bit more like a defensive midfielder and I think we're two or three players away from being real contenders I know we've lost the first two games and I know we've got two hard games coming up but bringing the right players bringing the right positions the right experience I think um, I honestly don't think we're that far away from being like a really good side um, that that doesn't fluke the playoffs or getting the playoffs on the last days is, is in the playoffs for most of the season. And fingers crossed we, we get that. But um, but Ross, I wanted to ask your thoughts on the, the loan moves as well. I'm just looking through the squad, I think. You know, you could look at Metete, but obviously he's injured. Huggins is not really playing that much, but that's because, not because he's not good enough, but you've got like Serkan and Hume obviously have those positions at the minute. Uh, Anderson's already out on loan. Riggy, I don't want to go out on loan. Um, I think outside of that, the one that's really sticking out to me that could potentially do with getting a runner games, maybe bar.
1: I think I think bar's going to depend on who we bring in. If we bring in like someone who can play on the left, or as as well as like you see having a few number ten, if we get a strikers in, then you put Job and Dak as tens, then you're probably you're a league one move, but. Then again, you just don't know. Like as well, I wonder where Bennett's going to go on loan because I I don't know why. I have a feeling he'll go on loan abroad. I don't think he'll go on loan to a League One side. I feel like it could be I I don't know a Netherlands kind of move. Um, that wouldn't surprise me at all. So, but yeah, I think I think that. I, I don't think they'll have any of the first team players who played, who started yesterday leave. That's my good feeling. Um, I, I just feel like the squad we've got now, we need to improve on it, and it'll be the players that were on the bench and on the fringes that leave to then bring in further competition and strength and depth that way.
0: Alan Nixon's just posted about uh, Patrick Roberts potentially being looking at getting cashed in. Um. Can I just clarify before we finish, Dave? That would be a ridiculous idea, wouldn't it? Oh, uh-huh. <laughs> even though
2: I upset Brad last week by saying that me and you were biggest advocates of him. Between, can I just uh, correct that? A public apology. Public apology to um to Ross and to Brad. We all love Patrick Roberts. That is the views of the What The Fault podcast, um, not just Dave and Greg uh, so Brad and Ross love them just as much as we do. Yeah, honestly, just I, I just hope it's shit. I really hope it's shit because mm-hmm. when you're trying to improve and you need experienced players, which seems to be a, a I almost wonder if if the if the journalist journalist world have have jumped onto the fact that we've got this model. It's all about kids. And anyone who's over the age of 25, it's like, can we just remind you, this is not a football manager save. We've all done it. We've all tried to bring in the 19-year-olds and win something with kids because Alan Hansen told us he couldn't. And yes, I'm having a bit of a rant because if Patrick Roberts goes, it'll make me just as sad as when Ross Stewart goes. So, fuck you, Nixon. Just a joke, that's the opinion of Dave Lawrence, not the opinion of What The fuck podcast. Apologies, Brad. Apologies, Ross.
0: On the next week, let's smash. Probably got like a minute left, but yeah, Ross, I think just not but good. Yeah, no,
1: <laughs> we, we we can't we can't sell Parry Robertson. No, I, to me, I, it feels like there was a lot of talk about he wants a new contract. This feels like a maybe a story to get the contract done.
0: Maybe, if I'm maybe fucking,
1: I, 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 I fucking
0: hope so. Yeah, me too. I'd be devastated if you. Would, but is isn't it great that we
2: brought flipping Ross on the show just for like that balance and that equilibrium? Just when we're all getting reactionary and flipping kicking off, he's there and he's like, "Oh, it's just to get the, it's just to get the deal done." Whatever, Ross, stop a wee rationalism. How dare you,
0: right Thanks for joining everyone. Subscribe in that if you want. Bye. That Adios. was so abrupt, by the way. Soz. England's playing.